Hi Church! Well, I am so thrilled to be speaking with you today and so glad that you decided to join us online for our service. Well, the last few weeks we've been in a series called I Promise and we've been looking at some of the things God has promised us. The first week we, we talked about God's promise to guide us. The second week we talked about God's promise that there would be no more pain and no more tears. And then last week we talked about God's promise to build his church. Now, that's just three of God's promises. The Bible has over 8,000 promises in it. And the one thing we know through our reading of Scripture is that God is a promise maker and he is a promise keeper. Now, some promises were for a specific person or for a specific people group. Others are for more, a more general audience. Some promises are conditional. They have conditions attached to them. Others are unconditional. But one thing we know is that when we look at the promises of God, all of them show his character and his goodness to us. For example, Philippians 4.19, we're told, And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. In Psalm 37.4, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. In James 1.5, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Psalm 34 verse 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all of my fears. Those are just a few verses that show us uh, some of the promises that God keeps with us. But what happens when you have a promise from God that you have prayed about and are believing for, but that just hasn't happened yet? What happens when you're still waiting for God to supply those needs according to his riches and glory? What happens when you've delighted yourself in the Lord, but he hasn't given you the desires of your heart? What happens when you desperately need wisdom, but you still don't have answers? What happens when you've sought the Lord, but he hasn't yet delivered you of your fears? Maybe you've been believing God for that new job. Maybe you've been believing God for a spouse or a pregnancy. Maybe you've been believing God for a family member to come to know him. Maybe there's a dream in your heart that God has given you, but you've been believing God for that to come to pass. But those things just haven't happened yet. And maybe it's not just been weeks or months, but it's been years and maybe even decades that you have been waiting and believing God for these things and they just haven't yet come to pass. We can easily wonder if God has forgotten us or if he still cares. And the longer time goes on, the more disappointed we can become when our faith, our prayers and our requests to see God's promise come to pass go unanswered. So what then do we do when there is a pause on the promise? Well, there are plenty of people in the Bible who experienced a pause on their promise. Noah had a pause of 120 years before the floods came. Abraham and Sarah experienced an almost 100-year pause before they became parents. The children of Israel experienced a 40-year pause in the wilderness. David had a 20-year pause before going from pasture to palace. And Jesus himself had a 30-year pause. We're told he didn't study his earthly ministry until he was 30 years of age. And so if Jesus himself experienced a pause, pretty sure that means we're going to experience some too. One of the more recent pauses for me was one that really changed my life in so many ways. And it wasn't a pause that I was expecting. Uh, it went on much longer than I thought it should. But on the other side of it, I was so thankful to God for it. A lot of you know sort of bits and pieces of this story. But about four years ago now, I was a pastor on staff at a church in Orange County. And I'd been there for nearly 
between seven to ten years uh, or so and I really felt the Lord start to show me that my time there was coming to a close and that I needed to resign and I knew there were other reasons why it was, would make sense for me to resign at that time but primarily I did it because I felt the Lord tell me that that's what I needed to do and I remember as I resigned I, I had this sense that God was going to open up a new door a new opportunity for us and I thought to myself I bet that's just going to happen within a few weeks you know as I obey God and I resign he's going to um, you know, bless my faith for being obedient and open up this new opportunity for us. Well, a few weeks came and a few weeks went and a week's turned into months and I began to not really see any open doors of opportunity. Nothing was really happening. And I grew very discouraged. I questioned God, what are you doing? What have I done? Where have you brought me? Um, have I made a mistake? What, what's going on here? And, uh, one of the things that I really struggled with during this time was trying to understand my purpose. If I wasn't working and in ministry and in church life, what was my purpose? What was I doing anymore? And it was here that I really started to see that I was now in a God orchestrated pause because the Lord had wanted to gently direct, redirect my attention back onto him on not what I was doing for him. He was wanting to have me slow down and allow him to do some work on the inside of me. And so I found myself in an almost two year pause where God began to do an incredible work on the inside. And he showed me a lot of things. He healed me of a lot of things. Uh, I had ample time to spend with him. So I experienced kind of this rapid growth in him in this season. Um, he helped me to reorient my life so that I was able to get to the place where all I really needed was him. I didn't need ministry. I didn't need church. I didn't need accolades. I didn't need attention. I just needed God. And, and I think that's exactly where he wanted me to be. And so he transformed me. And he also transformed our circumstances during this time. He moved Brian's heart to be also wanting to move on when that wasn't something he'd considered before. And he showed us that, yes, we would be going to a new place, but that we would have to trust in his timing. And uh, so this two-year pause, you know, it was filled with a few different opportunities that opened up for us and not one of them seemed quite right. And so we would get excited about a possible opportunity, realize it wasn't the one and sort of get disappointed again. And so the longer it went on, the harder it was to trust God, but we would just let go of disappointment and make that choice to continue trusting the promise that we'd gotten and that God would fulfill it. And then one day, finally, out of nowhere, we get a phone call saying, would you be interested in coming to a church in Hawaii? Well, the rest is, is history. Often the time between when we're given the promise and when we ask God to fulfill the promise and when we receive it can be anywhere from instantaneous to months to years to even decades and, and maybe even in some cases generations away. And so what do we do when we're in a pause like that? How can we continue to trust God, to not give up believing? How can we endure patiently? Well, here are three things to keep in mind if you are experiencing a pause on your promise. The first thing to keep in mind is this. Your pause has a purpose. Just because you are experiencing a pause does not mean that God has uh, forgotten his promise to you. It doesn't mean that he doesn't care or that you failed in some way or that you have missed it. Your pause has a purpose. That's a lot of P words. Honestly, you may not know what that purpose is right now and you may not know it for some time. 
But in my experience, when I have looked back at the pauses in my life, God has very strategically used them to move me forward, to do a work in me, to show me things, to do something powerful in my life. I see now what God was doing then. He, he worked things out and the pauses were very necessary. See, a pause is not a time of inactivity where we're just waiting around for the next thing to happen. Our kids at ages uh, two, four and seven really don't have a lot of patience. It's something that they're still learning. And, uh, you know, we frequently hear things like, you know, when is dinner going to be ready? When are we going to be home? When can we go swimming? When can we get this toy? When will you get me what I want? When can I have this? When can I have that? And the last thing they want to hear is not right now or that they are going to have to wait. But as adults, we don't really like to wait either. You know, I was in the drive through the other day and I had to choose between one of two lanes. And of course, the one I chose was the slowest one. And I see these cars ordering and going through. And there's a car in front of me and I'm just getting frustrated with her. Like, come on, lady, you know, hurry up. She's ordering all this food. I'm like, why are you ordering all this food? You know, and then finally she moves on and I get there. And then I, of course, order food for five people, which, you know, when it's you, people just need to be patient. But when it's someone else, they just need to hurry up, right? Even at Disneyland, we don't like to wait in lines. We get a fast pass so we can skip the lines and come back later. We don't like to wait. And too often what we really want is we want a fast pass through God's pauses to go directly to his plans and promises. But listen, a rush through a pause has the potential to stunt our spiritual growth, dull our senses to what God might want to do, and miss the necessary preparation that we need to go through in order to see the promise come to pass. James uh, Chapter 1, verses 2 to 4, he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. James advises those of us who follow Jesus not to take the fast pass through tests and challenges. He says that a pause will actually work in our favor. Our faith will mature and we will become well-developed. What if we view the pause as a place where we can experience the peace of God while he works in us so that he can work through us? Maybe the purpose of your pause is God is wanting to strengthen your faith. He's wanting you to learn how to trust him. Maybe he's giving you a safeguard in this pause so that you don't rush ahead before you or the situation is ready. Maybe he's wanting to bring about an even greater result than you are believing or expecting. Maybe he's wanting you to learn how to endure. And maybe it's because he has a promotion coming or a new position of some kind, but knows that in order for you to succeed, you're going to have to learn some things first. Whatever the purpose of our pause is, we can live peacefully in God's pauses as we wait for him to fulfill the promise. We can trust his pauses to be purposeful, whether we know the purpose or not. We know according to Psalm 135 that God knows all the details of your life. He never lets you out of his sight. His fatherly hand guides your every move. He steers you back on track when you wander from his purpose. In Psalm 31:15, we read that our times are in his hands. So God is more than well aware of the pause that you are going through right now. 
One thing we have to keep in mind is that our timing and God's timings are often completely different. When I think things should be done and when God does them, usually very different. God isn't even in the same time zone as us. You know, he's the creator of time. So he does things on his schedule, not ours. And we can often feel like God is, is late or slow. But you know what? His timing is actually always perfect. If you're experiencing a pause today, ask God, ask the Lord, what is the purpose of this pause that I'm going through? What is it that you're wanting to do in my life? What is it that you want to show me in this pause? The second thing to keep in mind if you're going through a pause today is keep the right perspective of the pause. Still a lot of peace, I'm realizing this. Keep the right perspective of your pause. When there is a pause on our promise, we can start to think all kinds of things. God's forgotten me. He doesn't care. I don't deserve this promise, maybe. Uh, maybe I didn't hear God right. Does God even see what I'm going through? Maybe I've failed and this is my fault and that's the reason I'm here. And let me tell you, this kind of negative thinking can lead to discouragement, to depression, to doubt. So it's really important that if we're in a pause, we keep the right perspective in our pause. Otherwise, we may barely survive it rather than be strengthened by it. Will you be so disappointed and bitter if what you were promised hasn't yet come to pass? Or will you allow this time to strengthen you, strengthen your faith, build your trust in God and grow you deeper in the Lord? See, only you can decide the perspective you keep during this pause. And your perspective will be the difference between merely surviving the pause and thriving in the pause. Now, during our pause, like I mentioned, I would get so discouraged. I would get mad at God. I thought he didn't really care. He kind of just led me to this place of resigning and then just left me. And that kind of thinking really just made waiting all that much harder. But as I began to change my perspective, as I began to no longer allow myself to believe some of those misconceptions about the purpose of my pause and tried uh, instead to be thankful to God for the pause on the good days and on the bad days, I began to experience his peace. That discouragement became less and less and the inner joy and the inner peace became much more real. God is at work. He will fulfill his promise to you. So keep the right perspective because pauses are a part of everybody's journey. And so this is where we need to make sure we have the right perspective and trust that we're not being forgotten by God, that he is at work, that his promises will come to pass. Uh, and all of that is regardless of how long it has been. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now the faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So we've got to continue to have faith in the Lord that he will fulfill his promises to us even if we're still in a pause. Now here are some ways that we can uh, keep the right perspective on our pauses. The first thing is this, do not compare. And I'm going to say that again, especially for the women. Do not compare. When we're in a pause, what can make it that much harder is when we see other people around us that we know that are seeing their prayers answered, their promises fulfilled. Uh, even people on social media, we see that they're getting those things that we're believing God for, and it can be so discouraging. Don't look at their promise that's been fulfilled and compare it with your own that hasn't. 
Don't look at the things they have and compare it to your lack. That is a surefire, easy way to become discouraged. Maybe there are some people on social media you shouldn't follow anymore because it's just too hard for you not to compare yourself to them. And I say that because that's what I had to do. So do not compare. Do not compare with other people. Secondly, take your thoughts captive. Now, this is something every believer has to sort of experience at some point in their life. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10.5 tells us to take every thought captive. Don't allow negative thoughts to come and just swirl around in your mind and continue to think on them. Take those thoughts captive as they enter your mind. Say, no, that's not God's truth. I'm not going to believe that and choose to think on something else. Scripture. Think of a Bible verse and say it aloud, but get control of your thoughts. Take those thoughts captive. Don't allow any negative thoughts space in your mind. And that will help you to keep the right perspective on your pause. The third thing is refuse to complain and be thankful instead. Colossians 3 verse 15 to 17 says, And be thankful, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Refuse to complain, be thankful to God, and that will help you to keep the right perspective in your pause. Matthew chapter 7 Verse 7 to 12 is that passage where, where Jesus is saying, keep on asking, you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you'll find. Keep on knocking. He goes on to say, your parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, are they going to give them a stone instead? Well, of course not. And if we ask God the Father for a promise to be fulfilled, he isn't going to give us something different instead. So we can trust him to keep his promises. We can trust him to know our need, know our heart, know what we're asking for and not give us something completely different that is unhelpful and not what we need or want. So let's be sure to keep the right perspective in our pauses. The third thing to keep in mind if you're going through a pause is seek his presence in the pause. When we're in the pause and especially a long one, we can become, we can start to become more focused on the promise itself rather than the one who made the promise. It can become almost like an idol. We can sometimes become obsessive about it. Think about the woman who has been trying to fall pregnant for years and desperately wants a baby, or the jobless husband who feels that he has this pressure to provide and is waiting on God to provide a job. And those are all very understandable reasons for being worried and consumed and upset and Scared that maybe God's promise won't come to pass when it's something we desperately need or desperately desire. But one thing that God showed me while I was in this pause is that while I wait for his promises, I need to take my eyes off the promise and put them onto his presence. When my eyes are on the promise and not on the promise maker, anxiety, discouragement and depression set in because I'm looking to my circumstances to bring me that hope and that joy and that reassurance and that fulfillment. But instead of making his promise our purpose, we need to make his presence our purpose. As I started to make knowing him more important than the promise I was waiting on, as I started to make seeking him the thing I did more than thinking about the promise I was waiting on, as I sought him in the pause, man, I began to experience God's presence like never before. And that led to a greater sense of peace, which led to a closeness to the Lord, which allowed him to do a deeper work in me. And I mentioned before, I got to the place where I would be perfectly okay if he never fulfilled the promise that I was believing for. Being in his presence gives us peace. 
So we may need to ask ourselves, is this promise that I am believing for becoming all-consuming? Is it something I can't stop thinking about and worrying about? Am I obsessing over it? No matter what promise you are believing God for, no matter what pause you're in or how long you've been in it, you can find his peace in the pause if you will seek his presence. Matthew 6 verse 33 says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. As we get our eyes off of um, off of our situation and we put them on his kingdom, his righteousness, seeking him, those needs will fall into place, those things he will take care of. When we put God first, when we put seeking him above everything else, the pause won't be so discouraging. And many times that's in fact when God fulfills the promise, when we finally stop worrying about it and obsessing about it. We can blame God for difficult circumstances, but during this time we have to fight to maintain our focus on God himself rather than the promise that we're waiting for. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. You know, as I wrap up here, I wanted to say that I have experienced God's pauses many times in my life. And I have to say that when the pauses ended, I was so grateful to God for them. I could finally see their purpose. I could see his plan. But most of all, what I have experienced through my life and my walk as a believer is that God fulfills his promises. Believe that what God has promised you will come to pass. It may not be in your timing, it may not be when you expect it, and it may not look exactly like how you think it should, but God will fulfill his promises to you. Psalm 145 verse 13 says, The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. Psalm 145 19, He grants the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries for help and rescues them. Numbers 23, God is not a man, that so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Malachi 3, 6, I, the Lord, do not change. Deuteronomy 7, 10, he is the faithful God who keeps his promises. God has never failed yet, and he isn't going to start with you. If God has given you a promise, hold on to that promise. Trust him. Know that your pause right now has a purpose Know that if you will just keep the right perspective, you will endure it and go through it much easily, much more easily. And know that um, if you will just take your eyes off of the promise, but keep them on the promise maker and seek his presence, he'll get you through it. And you will experience his peace as you're in the pause. Church, let me just say this again. God will fulfill his promises to you. He is a good God. He is a promise keeper. And he will fulfill his promises in your life if you just keep on believing and trusting that he will. Amen.